1: The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Antony Reich.
2: Antony Reich, Bokhtov. Good morning. How are you?
1: Bokhtov. Yeah, still very, very tense atmosphere in Israel. Um, still a lot of uncertainty. Interesting that um, Home Front Command is really doing whatever they can to try and return the home front to some semblance of normality, attempts to return children to schools, attempts to reopen places of entertainment and to allow people to get back to work and to try and return to some semblance of usual existence in spite of the fact that we are still in the middle of a war and um, operation um, uh, swords of iron still continues. yesterday was day 10 of the operation. And quite a lot of political developments yesterday. Um, but perhaps we'll just start with kind of events on the battlefront and exactly what's going on from the battle perspective. It was, um, a little calmer on the northern border yesterday, even though it continues to be tense, um, uh, with events having taken place between Hezbollah and, um, Israeli forces. Um, a, a closed military zone continues to exist. Along Israel's northern border, where a number of towns have actually been evacuated, uh, people have been taken away from that northern border, border area. And it's interesting that the strategy that Hezbollah seems to have adopted on the northern border is to try and attack Israeli cameras that have been set up on the border mm. to uh, uh, to to destroy Israel's ability to keep a watch and see exactly what's happening beyond the Lebanese border. So. That has certainly been a strategy that 's been followed, and Israels obviously had to respond to that um, because quite a number of the Israeli cameras have been um, have been destroyed um, have been targeted in that northern border area, but yesterday was a little bit quieter, albeit still quite tense um, operation in Gaza continues with Israeli bombardment against uh, targets in gaza it 's interesting to see that um, Hamas commanders have been specifically targeted, and so where we see the Israeli Air Force attacking private homes without a roof knock, we know that that is intended to kill the people who are in that house. Hamas commanders and also members of their family have been attacked in that way, but so much disinformation going on. Um, in the uh, social media space. Um, What we've also noticed is that um, the number of rocket barrages have decreased. So, for example, as I said here this morning, the last time that there was a barrage of rockets Mm. from uh, Gaza was at about 10 o'clock last night, quarter to 10, I think, last night. Nothing overnight at all. But the barrages seem to be a lot more um, directed, and so, for example, there was this barrage in Tel Aviv yesterday afternoon and towards Jerusalem. And interestingly, it was just exactly when the opening of the Knesset's winter session was taking place and pictures of members of the Knesset being ushered from the Knesset plenum into the Knesset bomb shelter um, during the time of the barrage of rockets from Gaza towards Jerusalem, that seems to have been very much uh, uh, directed um, towards that particular event. Also, uh, pictures of Anthony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, who arrived in Israel yesterday, being ushered to a bomb shelter as he arrived in Israel. Also, once again, it seems that the barrage of rockets from Gaza was very much directed towards that event. So, So a lot more Um, object, uh, a a lot more directed fire rather than just um, um, gunshot approach, which was previously um, in evidence. Um, I get the impression that the number of missiles that are available to Hamas from Gaza has decreased, and they try to use it more judiciously, use their their ammunition more judiciously rather than just to spray it around, but to direct it at certain events and to make a little bit more of an impact. Also, um, what's noticeable is that, in spite of the IDF having really bombarded Gaza and really attacked it very, very severely, the Hamas operatives are still able to fire rockets from Gaza. Nonetheless, even though there's been this massive, um, huge destruction in Gaza towards, uh, you know, uh, directed at Hamas infrastructure but they're still able to fire these rockets from gaza and so we still continue to be very very cautious the events in gaza and what's happening with humanitarian issues i mean we can we can talk about you know to what extent humanitarian discussion is really relevant in a war situation in general when there are more than 200 more than 200 civilians who are being kept um, as captives as hostages in gaza to what extent we can really talk humanitarian discussion under those circumstances is is interesting to me, um, but really those are the latest developments on the battlefront uh, in Operation Swords of Iron.
2: And uh, the Joffe says, please can we try and clarify if Israel bombed the Rafah crossing as reported, uh, as been has been reported, uh, certainly in our news, other news as well. What is the story there? Do you know?
1: Um, so there, there were events at the Raf- Rafah crossing yesterday and to be honest with you it's not clear and I don't know whether that video that I saw of a bomb dropping <clears throat> apparently on the Egyptian side of the Rafah crossing was actually from Israeli forces or not. It would be very surprising to me if Israel was involved in, in trying to bomb the Rafah crossing. I think there were previous attempts by Israel to Uh, stop certain goods and services from flowing uh, from Mm. Rafah a few days ago. But I would be very surprised if Israel had decided to bomb the Rafah crossing in that way. And just to put it into some sort of a context, there was a video that was um, published on social media a day or two ago, which showed a particular crossing in Gaza where many, many refugees were flowing from the north to the south as had been requested by Israel. Mm-hmm. And at a critical ju- a juncture, at a critical crossing point, all of a sudden there was this huge explosion. And uh, the uh, Palestinian um, uh, agency d- uh, published that 70 people had been killed in that event and that Israel had bombed it, even though they knew that refugees were crossing from north to south. And then I saw another independent, if there is such a thing, another independent Uh, report saying that they'd had a look at that explosion again and first of all they wanted to point out that there might have been one or two cars that had been involved in that explosion so the concept of 70 casualties was really not something that they could easily support but more than that what they said was the explosion was not an explosion that had been directed from the air that it seemed to have been some sort of a booby trap That had been laid at that area and that the explosion had come from, from From underground, from the bottom Rather than as a result of a missile Hitting from the top So that's just some example Of the misinformation that's going on And I think we all need to be extremely cautious And careful, A, about believing what we see On social media and believing what we're seeing In the news, and also About propagating this information Because the moment we start sending it around It starts to become true, Mm, right mm, A Jewish person said And so therefore it must be true Um, And so I think we need to be very, very cautious I can't confirm or deny Israel's involvement in what happened in Rafah yesterday, and we certainly haven't heard much said from the Israeli side. But knowing what I know about Israel's approach to this war and the fact that Israel has done whatever they can in order to spare uh, civilian casualties as much as possible, um, it seems to me inconceivable that Israel, knowing full well how many people are at the Rafah crossing, trying to cross into Egypt, would actually knowingly bomb that area when they know how many civilians are there. That just seems completely contradictory to Israel's approach to this war or indeed to any war.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's just remarkable. And of course the big news about Biden coming to Israel. Is that going to, I I was asking listeners a little bit earlier, uh, the whole idea of, you know, Israel sort of waiting to go in to Gaza to eliminate the infrastructure of Hamas, the I certainly would have assumed it would have happened already. Now I'm hearing about Biden. Is that going to be a delay? Are they waiting for him to get there to do it whilst he's there? What, what is the, is there any sense of what is happening?
1: So let's just talk a little bit about the delay for a moment. And I've been trying to also understand why there is this delay because when I spoke to you on Thursday and I said, you know we're expecting things over the weekend um and that a ground invasion is inevitable um we all I certainly believe that um over the weekend something would happen, and it hasn't so the question is why? And I've been trying to study up to, to, to get a, a more of an, more information about what potentially could have delayed this because of course we have no official information about when a ground invasion could or could not happen and potentially why it has been delayed if it was planned um, earlier. So there were some, there was some speculation about weather issues because we've had quite a lot of rain, cloudy weather, and there was some speculation that the cloudy weather might have delayed the invasion because of course it's Uh, more difficult to see things from the air. I'm not sure how true that is. There was also some speculation that Hezbollah in the north is just waiting for Israel to go into Gaza, and then they will attack from the north. And so there is speculation that Israel has decided to hold back a little bit and to get a little more prepared for a potential attack from the north while the ground forces are in Gaza, just to make sure that we can handle both fronts all at the same time, because potentially that might be a strategy that's being coordinated by Iran with Hamas and Hezbollah. The other thing um, that was unspoken about, obviously, was the whole humanitarian situation, the hospitals. Why is Israel asking for these hospitals to be evacuated? Isn't that a humanitarian disaster? Well, the reason that Israel would ask for hospitals to be evacuated is because there is massive infrastructure, underneath that hospital. Mm, And mm. therefore, Israel would like to get to that infrastructure as a critical point and would not like to have casualties from the hospital. But of course, the hospital is saying we're going to leave our people here. And that's part of the strategy of Hamas. The other question that has been asked is what happens on the day after the Hamas infrastructure has been destroyed? Is Israel concerned that there is no plan for the so-called day after? And could that potentially have held the plans up about, in terms of thinking about what happens on the day after the Hamas infrastructure is destroyed? That's certainly a, a, a point for consideration. And, of course, battle plans have to be honed very, very carefully. We have more than 200, 200 civilian uh, um, captives in Gaza. What's going to happen when Israeli ground forces go in? What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to other civilians? How is Israel going to get to the leaders of Hamas, which is really what they want to do right now, and restore the Hamas infrastructure? Those battle plans need to be honed. Is it likely that the ground invasion will take place when President Biden is here? I don't think so. I think that that would not be the best use of the Biden visit, which is due to take place tomorrow. I think, in fact, that that might be slightly contrary to what President Biden would like to see while he's in Israel. He is talking already about making sure that these humanitarian corridors and that humanitarian issues are taken care of and having a ground invasion right while he's here doesn't seem to be consistent with that. Mm. But as we understand that President Biden will come tomorrow. In fact, it's been quite interesting to see that even President Zelensky wanted to come and make a visit to Israel because I think he's feeling like um, he's been slightly sidelined in the news. Israel has said, no, thank you. We don't really need you to come and visit us right now. Of course, President Putin From Russia got involved yesterday. He made a whole bunch of phone calls um, to various leaders in the region, including to the president of Egypt and to to the the Syrian president and to the Iranian uh, uh, leader, and of course to uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. um, And to quote Putin, just for the record, any form of violence against civilians is unacceptable. That is a message from President Putin, as published by the Kremlin yesterday
2: does that apply does that apply to Israeli civilians? Um,
1: you will read into that exactly as you see fit mm-hmm. um, and of course
2: um, from where it comes is all very instructive and uh, that is where we leave it Anthony Iraq thank you as always we'll catch you tomorrow morning at 745
0: that Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency your Israel property is in good hands. dot com